if he checks all those boxes, we have history together. He understands me in a way that I can't explain to somebody. Um, and, and it just kind of felt right. everyone, welcome back to Uncoupling, where we talk about breakups and more importantly, how to move on by empowering yourself. I'm your host, Holland Roden, and I am so excited to announce this week's guest, Sasha Pieterse. Am I pronouncing <laughs> this correctly? That was it, a no. The shake was a no. No, no, it's so close. It's Pieterse. It, it's actually so easy to say, but when you look at it, it's... It, it messes everybody up. Sasha Pierce is a multi-multi-hyphenate talent. She is an actor, she's an author, and she's a podcaster. But you probably know her best from the amazing, incredible series, Pretty Little Liars, and her podcast, Women in the Nude, which I have a couple questions about at the very least, and your cookbook that has just come out called Sasha in Good Taste. Yes. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. To get us started... What is the relationship? Is there a particular breakup that you, that sticks out in your mind that led you to where you are today because you are married at this? Yeah, I, I think, I guess I I have quite a unique situation. Um, I I wouldn't necessarily say what one particular breakup, um, but I've been with my husband for a long time. So my relationships, I was like a young adult and, you know, I reflect on my like teenage and young adult breakups and obviously those, I feel like sometimes even shape you the most. Um, I had some weird dating experiences and I feel like I learned the majority of what I wanted in a relationship from my friends' breakups. Mm, The osmosis, the, the, yeah, the fly on the wall. I had weird relationships where like they would, like, I guess the teenager stuff, you know, you get like the cheating stuff and you get like all of that stuff. But my dating experiences were weird. Like there was this guy, I thought he was super cute. I met him at a party and we went on a date. We like, got I don't know, frozen yogurt or something. And we, we sat on a picnic bench in a park and he professed his love for me. This is the second time I've met him. <laughs> I was going to say, what's your top three? This is definitely top three of the most strangest experiences. He professed his love for me, um, said that he was going to marry me, was talking about how he can already hear like the pitter patter of our kids' feet. Wow. Like in the hallway. And it takes a weird Like 16, 18? I was 17. 17. It takes a weird turn because he starts talking about um, the things that I need to know about him, which was that he was like had been to, to juvie and, um, and then prison and he was a felon. Oh no. <laughs> Stomped somebody that jumped his brother. And, um, he was talking about all of his anger issues and how, but, but, you know, he's changed. Um, and I, I was like, Oh, how long ago was that? He's like, Oh, I got out like three months ago. <laughs> I was like, oh, Where God. did you meet this person? Was this at a bar or th- I hopefully not no. through a friend? It was just a party. So yeah, party. I guess that's right. Thank you. Said, yeah, you met a friend at a party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then then he wouldn't leave me alone. And that was the scary thing because that was it. I knew and and he drove me, which was even worse. Never do that. Um, and so I knew I was like, this will be the last time I see this guy. And he kept calling and kept calling and kept calling me. And the voicemails got just got creepier and creepier and creepier. So I've had and weird had to, things like that. And you had to block him, I'm assuming, at the end of the oh, day. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I blocked him off yeah. of everything. Um, thank goodness he oh, wasn't yeah. like, heavily related to any friends that I 
you know, that I would like worry about running into him. It was just right. Well, and, and I have to just wonder like what was going on in his life or his childhood that made him, you know, fast forward and, and, and do this like happy meal box version of like, you're the girl you're for me. Let's skip all the other stuff, you know? And, um, but, but when you're worried for your own safety, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if you spend much time even being, you know, I'm like your typical Libra of being empathetic and like, no, you get, you get out of Dodge and you block that guy. Yeah. That was a very, that, that was a breakup before the uh, relationship began. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a taste of my dating life before I actually. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was really sweet that later in life, I actually like got the guy that was the standard. Um, And along the way, so many of our friends, had terrible, terrible, heart-wrenching breakups that both him and I were there for, both physically and emotionally. Um, a girlfriend of mine, like, there was a long time where she was been cheating, being cheated on for, like, three years where she thought that maybe she had gotten an STD from this guy. Like, it was a giant, giant betrayal from somebody that we were super, super close to. Mm. And I just remember holding her in my arms for like hours. Like I spent the night with her. I mean, it's just so sad, but to see where she is now and how far she's come and how she's blossomed and how, you know, she has such a great partner now. It's just such a, a wonderful thing to like see people transition through that. Was there a particular breakup? Uh, I guess I'll start with, with your particular breakup that led you obviously to your person and then to be such a, a rock for, for you and your husband to be both rocks for, for the community in your life. Yeah, I mean, I guess the guy right before Hudson is is the easiest, not the easiest, but the the biggest realization of there are so many nice guys out there that doesn't make them the right one. Mm. So he's a great guy and he just wasn't the right one. And he just wasn't the right one. And it's and that's okay. And sometimes it's even more sad. Totally. And I think that's also something for t- like to keep in mind when you're dating, it's it's like just because somebody um, ticks boxes doesn't make them the person for you. And the more that that kind of lingers, the more time you waste. And I think it's doing both of you a disservice. You know Absolutely. that it's okay. It's a success to admit that you like each other, but you don't love each other. You don't love each other enough, or it's not the right kind of love. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, like in his circumstance or our circumstance, it was more about, I realized later that I, I was mourning the life that I thought we would have. And it's like the family, the, you know, the, the idea of it versus what actually was happening in the relationship. Mm. And I am so thankful for that relationship because it taught me a lot about myself it taught me that um, like my individuality really matters um, and that constantly learning about yourself um, is such a huge part about life, obviously, but also about your relationships because you need to understand what you need in order mm-hmm. to find what you want and also what, what will make a, a lasting relationship work. Right. Um, and and you can't do that if you're just trying to find yourself in somebody else. Um, I think having not even an identity, but a realization that you need to have your identity, have your own identity, is uh, it is a process in itself. 
yeah. because that initial go-to is to people please or to because they're so lovely well why isn't that good enough you know it's okay that it's not good enough and yeah. there's it shouldn't offend the other person if you both of you can sit in that honesty it's a really beautiful thing and like you said it almost makes it more sad if you both can come to terms with that together but at yeah. the same time i think um there's also something so beautiful in there it, it not being so yeah. if that makes sense yeah, yeah. absolutely um yeah. And, and i think that's what also makes every breakup significant and different and why you learn from different relationships both ones that you know weren't necessarily in an unhealthy category um and then obviously the ones that that are i feel like there's just so much to learn about yourself and and other people in general too. I think it's also important to find that empathy. And and also I feel like understand that, you know, this comes to the whole classic, like you can't fix people sort of a thing mm. where it's, it's understanding why somebody is the way that they are, but knowing that it's okay that it's not you to fix it. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't have to be you to mend somebody else. And learning that processing period of giving someone a chance. And it's that, you know, Sh fool me once, shame on shame on me, but fool me twice or fool me, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, I think uh, unfortunately it takes a lot for people to change. It takes so much therapy. It takes uh, just external and internal work. So don't don't be the hero because you can't be everything to that person for them to change. No, and often I feel like, and this is based on watching my friends go through something like this mm -hmm. where it's they are that person for somebody and then when that person is you know quote unquote fixed they move on it's mm. like they serve that purpose in their life and that's great and now they know what they want and it's not them mm -hmm. which is yeah. so painful that it's, it's devastating really painful, right and I think we see that a lot in broken marriages mm -hmm. and and that's also um yeah you know in retrospect you would never you never know, or you never do it, or you, you would do it again, whatever your life experience is. But um, it's, it is just one of those things in life where sometimes that does happen. Those people serve purposes in your life. And mm -hmm. then that chapter is closed. Um, but there's a lot of people that get left in that wake. And a lot of it, I feel like, is based on wanting to help people. Mm -hmm. It's really a good intention. Um, or again, creating a life that you think that you want with somebody and, and it, it not, it not turning out that, that reality never existing, you know? Yeah. The, the morning of what never happened, I think is a big part of breakups that people, that people go through. That's a, a definitely a common trope, uh, a path heavily walked. I, would you say that, so did Hudson, did Hudson know uh, your ex or, or were you able to have a very clean break? And then. No, actually he's known all my exes. Um, and so I, I've never dated an actor. It was a policy. I was like, I will never date an actor. No, no like no judgment to anybody that does. I was just. I unfortunately did not make the cut, but I'm close to making the cut of the only, maybe a couple on my, on my roster. So I, I completely understand just cause I think we're gypsies and that's a really hard uh, yeah. schedule to navigate when you're both gypsies <laughs> and you're both in the circus. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's so many, um, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. Actors and 
so many different reasons why I think so many actors don't work together. But um, mm -hmm. thankfully, I feel like we have such a cool combo, which is I've known him for so long. Um, but also he was on the other side of the camera. So he mm -hmm. was in production and, and he knew that world. Um, and was, I mean, was in that world. So there was no like, honey, I'm coming home late again. It was, we he understood. He understood. He understood what I had to do, you know, any, you know, on screen love interests. Like it wasn't a big deal because he, he totally understood. Um, and that was such a unique combo. And I'm like, so thankful for that, not having to explain things. And I think that is, um, a really great part about also putting friendship at, as a huge part of your relationship. Um, where you're, it, it, they should also be your best friend. Your partner should also be your best friend because it's, it's about enjoying life together and intimacy comes in so many different shapes and forms and they should all be included. Um, so I think working on your relationship and developing those parts, um, is super, super important intimacy and, on so many different levels. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, uh, you know, I love taking advice from uh, people like their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. I think so much of us look to even our peers because that's who we see on a normal basis. But uh, my my stepmom always said, you know, intimacy will come and go, but best friends, that's that's the glue that's going to hold you together. Uh, yeah. and, and, and obviously with, you know, that you've had children, there's so many different, like you said, versions of intimacy. Uh, it's always going to be, that's a, that's a living, breathing organism that's always going to be changing. So that can't be the basis of the relationship. Now, did you, when you finally parted ways from your ex, did your current, because he was a friend at the time, obviously, mm -hmm. it, did he help you through it? Was there a particular person that made you clear things off the table? And then what made you come around? Like, what, what do you think about the last uh, relationship you had before your husband that said, okay, I'm, I'm taking these three qualities. Oh, I've noticed those three things have changed about myself that made you then look towards your friend that then became your partner. What do you think changed? Like why then do you think the last relationship transitioned to the relationship that then worked? Yeah, I, I think it, in lots of ways, he, he helped me get through it. Um, he wasn't the immediate person that I went to. I had my okay. best girlfriend and, so the and best she, girlfriends. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And she, she definitely helped me through that. I would say the most. Um, and then we kind of just reconnected. He was a friend that was always around, but it, I think he was dating somebody else at the time too. Okay. So he got out of a relationship as well. Um, and you know, our friends were going off to college and, you know, people were moving away and, and getting, you know, big kid jobs and that sort of thing. And then it was like, oh, hey, you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was just kind of one of those moments, but it was also that like, should we ruin it? You know, this is right. forever. It was that classic, like, you know, do we kind of ruin this friendship potentially? Or That was or literally my next question. Like, how do you decide to take that next step? Because yeah. so much is on the line when they're not a dating app contestant or, you know, right. you met them at a party where it's easy to disconnect for the most yeah. part. So, yeah. What what made you what changed for both of you that said, OK, we would like to explore this. And then what made you all say, OK, let's explore this 
I think it was just one of those things where it like, it felt right. Actually, there is a moment. Um, we had just started spending a lot of time together and um, we were going on dates that we didn't know were dates, essentially. You know what I mean? The non-date date, yeah. Yeah, it's a date. Um, and we were eating lunch and my phone was flipped up, you know, the screen up. And I got a text from my ex who I hadn't heard from. In the previous ex. Year. Not the previous ex. Another ex, okay. Yeah. And um, he was kind of like, well, that's it. I, I just, I got to tell you, like, I think we should, yeah, I think this, we, we should definitely try this. He got really pissed off that he was like, oh, he shit. was like, someone's in my territory. And if mm -hmm. I don't sweep this girl, and no, it wasn't on. So it was, it was pressure that, was him, pressure. that he was, yeah. And I, and it made me laugh because, first of all, I would never have gotten back together with that ex. But it was a very cute moment where it was, it was, it kind of just, yeah, I guess it just kickstarted it. It was like, Go okay, well, place. Yeah, we're going to, yeah. Yeah, let's try uh, And you had obviously felt the same. And and so yeah. it was a relief when he said what he said. Yeah, I laughed for about five minutes, which made him super self-conscious. Right. He was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and it was just more so laughing at the, the situation. But, um, yeah, I mean, in my heart, I wanted to. So did yeah. you feel like the, the biggest thing you took away from the previous breakup that led you to him? Was it timing or was it the idea that you had been through a few people, you knew you wanted to get married early, you had already, like you said, from the previous sex had been mostly more, you knew he was a nice guy, but you were mostly mourning the life that you didn't have with him. Yeah. And so um, I what think, was that transition like for you? I think I've just always been super monogamous. Like there was no question. I never wanted to, to just date. Um, and in a way at, at that age, like I kind of envied my friends that wanted to just date and have fun. It was just not in me. It wasn't even, it wasn't like something that I, I wanted. Uh, you're still young. The fact that you got married young as well and had been, had yeah. all this life experience by the time you got married. Right. Um, and so it's, it was just kind of like, it felt right. It was, it, it, yeah, he did. He checked all those boxes. Um, it was just kind of like one of those things where I was like, well, he's the person that I always said that I would keep my standard to. And, mm -hmm. and he's right here. Well, why not? Let's try it. Because if he checks all those boxes, we have history together. He understands me in a way that I can't explain to somebody. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it just kind of felt right. But I don't know if it would have. If you, you know, hadn't been through those other relationships, you know, like yeah. a year previous or something like that, because everything that changes in your life um, makes you a different person by the time you get there. And that, and that person, you know, that's why it's like, you know, it might be the right person, not the right time. Those, those sorts of things are so true because you change. And I think that we were just lucky to grow together than instead of growing apart. Cause that, that is a part of it as well. Um, in relationships in general, it's, it's working on it, but also sometimes things in life just do change you in a way that um, make you different from your partner. And mm -hmm. we've always been lucky that that hasn't been the case for us. Um, I think uh, hard work meets opportunity. I think it's uh, the luck meets opportunity balance. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I love that there wasn't, you know, fortunately, there wasn't a, a big crashing down moment that led you to this. It was this gentle it's okay that we're not going to be okay together X that led you into what worked for you now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I feel like in those moments, it does feel like 
the end. It feels miserable and awful. And like, there's nothing like that heartache. Like it, it really is terrible. Because um, you really did think, you know, you were, like you said, mourning that you just didn't have or what you thought you would have had. Yeah, exactly. And, and fantasy. I just, that fantasy, yeah, for sure. Um, and it, it's just, it's, it's gut-wrenching. Um, and I think it's important to realize that as hard as it is in the moment, it does get better. It always gets better because it's never a failure. It's always a lesson. Everything. It's never a failure. It's always a lesson is, is such a great thing to take forward. Yeah. It really is everything in life. Yeah. Um, and like friendships, relationships, business, literally everything. You can only learn from it. Um, and it's, it's a, they're always hard lessons. It sucks to experience it, but you, you won't know what you're capable of and, and you won't know what you need unless they happen. It's, it's all you at the end of the day. So you're just going to find uh, this, the great thing about breakups is you're not breaking up from your own fantasies. Those can still be alive and well, but they can feel like they're ending when you're parting ways with someone. And they can change. I feel like the older you get, and I, I hate to use age because age is just a number to me, but the, maybe the more life that you've lived, um, you realize that those things that you may have wanted are not what you actually want in life. Is that the number one piece of advice you give to all your friends when they come over and they're like in pieces on the floor? I mean, yeah, kind of like, you know, if there's a reason things don't work out. I, I think that it's a, it's a yin and yang though, because when, you know, we have guests that are married, that's a wealth, a wealth, like a well, a well of information that, um, you really come full circle about how much you've learned about yourself like you said, through your past experiences to lead you into your current state. Yeah. So, I mean, I, a lot of my girlfriends have, have done the dating app thing or, or do the dating app thing. Cause you never did a dating app, right? I didn't. Yes. I, I, well, I live vicariously through them. I'm like, Oh, can I swipe? I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what this is about. feels like a game that I didn't get to do. Um, I have like serious FOMO about it. And, and, and as you know, there's the FOMO is very short lived because date dating apps, um, they're interesting. I, I love a psychologist's version of dating apps, uh, synopsis on it. But yeah, yeah. So when you when you're swiping through their dating apps and they come over, wild. It really is wild. It's it's like the wild wild west. And I've had friends have a lot of success with it. I have several girlfriends that are married from guys that they met on Bumble or Hinge or you know those um, that type of thing. Um, but I, I guess more so. I hate seeing my friends bend themselves to somebody else. Like make, like change, like the light that they have kind of dims because they are trying to make themselves the best partner for somebody else. Like that's the most common thing that I, I see in my what girlfriend. You find. And it's, yeah, and it's because I've known them for so long. I, I've seen them at their best and their worst. And, you know, obviously I'm biased. Like I want them to find the perfect guy or the perfect girl. And it's sad when when I see them shift their priorities and their goals based on a relationship. And why do you feel like they do that? Like what was the biggest thing for, for your, you know, as a, as a collective whole with your friends? Fascinating that we only get to, we, we come into this world by ourselves. We're going to leave this world by ourselves. Yeah. And the fact that there's somebody that takes, you're not married to them. You're, you're barely dating them at that stage, you're willing to put another human being over your beating heart. Uh, that's not your child or not your, your spouse. What do you think is going on in their own lives that, that makes them that vulnerable to doing that? 
I think there's a couple of reasons and, and this is not just going to be like based on my friends. I think it's like, it's kind of, yeah, what's a societal. yeah, I think it's, it's notoriously what's given women value mm-hmm. is their relationship. It's who they're married to. Um, you know, like their, their place in life. I think that's a huge one. And so even if it's just subconscious, it's like, it's something to do on your to-do list. And the older you get, the more pressure you feel to um, complete that task. There is a, there's a, there's a time clock. There's a yes. timer and, running out. And if you want kids or you feel like you're meant to have kids, that's an extra, that puts an added you know, pressure. Oh yeah, totally. So I'd say that that's a huge part, but I think also it's, it's, it's natural to want to be loved. And I think, you know, being lonely sucks. It sucks to feel lonely. And so if bending yourself to form, to, to be, to be somebody that you Mm -hmm. think somebody is going to like to fill that void again, most of the time it's subconscious because you don't necessarily want to do that. Sorry, my head's totally changing. Oh, you're good. You're good. Uh, (laughs) You know, you're not intentionally doing that. But it happens, and and instead you are just kind of taking away all the good things about you, um, and and it's not moving you forward. Mm-hmm. All of my girlfriends are such badasses. They're lawyers and and doctors and nurses and like in, in cre- authors, like incredible women that right. have no business doing that. And it's incredible that they're. It's not correlated, unfortunately, that you can have such self-worth and autonomy and intelligence on every level, every kind of intelligence in one area of your life. And then this other area is a complete stranger to, yeah. to some of those same attributes. And it could be situational as to why it, those attributes are a stranger to Absolutely. you. And, and I truly think at the, like it to encapsulate it, it really is like where you find your value. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, people are telling you and and you're believing it that your value comes from somebody else loving you um then you are going to do whatever it takes to um to find that and to to capture that and when that doesn't work out it you start you, sacrificing yeah and you put so much energy and so much of yourself into somebody else um and and that it just it just like crumbles and it's, it makes it so much harder. Um, but you know, I, I've, every single girlfriend that I've seen go through that has picked themselves Come out up. the other side. They have. Yeah. And even yeah. if they're not in, you know, a, a solid or long-term relationship right now, they are way better people because of it. It was something you said even made me think this idea that when you're alone, people immediately attribute that to lonely and being alone is not lonely. No. It can be so much, it can be so much better than being with other people, depending yeah. on the kinds of other attitudes or moodiness or, uh, you know, the outlook of the others around you. Being alone, we naturally attribute to loneliness oftentimes. And so um, I love, like you said, it's like, it's not about finding another relationship. And that's what this podcast is, why we wanted to start this podcast and start this conversation is, um, you know, it's not looking for your next partner. It's just enjoying the time we have on this planet. And whether that's with friends, because I always say friends don't, you know, if you both nourish the friendship, you don't ever have to break up. It's just like a romantic relationship. And so I love to see that your friends are discovering that alone is not lonely. Yeah. And there's so many other 
wells and, and areas of your life to feel fulfilled, feel loved. It does not have to come from a romantic partner. No, it and, doesn't. And you, that's exactly, you need people that are honest with you as well. Because I think that is the biggest thing too, is if the if you're in an echo chamber, you're never going to get better either. We do need to have people around us that are like, mm, maybe that was wrong. Maybe so that you're, was the, wrong. You're, the, you're the tough house on the end of the block when your friends show up and you're like, okay, I like this. I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't think that's going to change. I do. Yeah, I can't. I can be. There was one friendship when I was much younger. Uh, I was a teenager and she was she was getting married really fast to a guy that she had met online. And um, she had met him in person once and he proposed to her and she said yes. And she moved across the country to mm. marry him. As far as I, we're not friends anymore. As far as I know, they're still married. Um, but the first time that I met him the way that he looked at me was so disgusting. It was like, I was a piece of meat and he was doing that to all of our friends and the people oh, that no. meeting. And I was like, I have to say something. If the, and she, she was changing herself for him. And I just, I was like, I have to say something. And if this ends our friendship, I'm, I'm going to be okay with that because you if it's on clean terms. Yeah. yeah. If it means she second guesses the situation um, or even if she just always has that in the back of her mind and, and you know they get married and then something happens like it's she may, hopefully it'll be like a red flag that she'll be listening to well she didn't listen to me and it did ruin our friendship however i feel i feel at peace about it right because i would hate for to be the reason to you know to be the person that doesn't say something and and um that has helped me in the future naturally you want to protect your friend you want to root for your friend you want to be like you know screw that person like you know it's them but when it's your friends, yes, that's a really hard thing. Doing um, it with a lot of love and you're like, I'm just going to be real. I was like, give, think of, and you have to play a devil's advocate for the other person. Right. Yeah. Um. And yeah, being vague, that was definitely one of the hardest things that I've had to do is on a friend level, helping somebody go through a breakup because um, trying to make sure that the outcome is all the things that can be better next time, which is, it's a really shitty lesson to learn. But you can, it's, it's, it's the same mindset as the, as the previous girl you're no longer friends with. It's yeah. sticking, giving them the information that's going to, like you said, help them move forward, regardless if that's giving them tough information about their partner or if that's giving tough information about them, regardless, it's going to make the next situation better. On either side of the fence. And so they're both she's tough conversations. Awesome. By the way, she's also a much better person for it. Um, and maybe both. she she corrected where she could then yes. like, see a different side of things. And yeah, she would she would make different choices. Yeah. She can recognize it. And more importantly, she's just such a, she's such a wonderful person anyway, but has like grown so much in herself and her career and her friendships and everything else is just so much better and deeper. And um, yeah, I don't think that anybody ever hurts from, from positive criticism. <laughs> Constructive. Yeah, absolutely. Constructive. Well, I, I think we grew up in a society where things don't have, they can't be honest and uh, everything's very nuclear. Everything's very finite. Everything's very black and white. And the reality of life is I, I want all the little children books to say something different. And I am, um, 
no matter what age we are in lives in our lives hopefully as we move forward it we become more of an honest society and i think as millennials I don't know if you're Gen Z or millennial, you might be even Gen Z. You're a lot I'm younger than me. I'm right on the cusp. You're on the cusp, yeah. So like millennials felt more shame about their secrets than I feel like Gen Zers do. I think we're moving, and then our parents had more shame around their secrets than our generation does. So I think we're moving in the right direction. It's just these kinds of conversations of, um, and especially I'm an actress, you're an actress, coming out and we're in the public eye and say, hey, we'll still talk about this topic. It's not. It doesn't. It shouldn't be taboo. It shouldn't be something that we have to hide, regardless of if you're in the public eye or not. Yeah, agreed. And yeah. I think it is one of the, the biggest things too is that um, our parents treated, or at least sorry when I say our, I'm generalization here. Yeah. Um, in my experience too, but like my parents um, unintentionally made me feel like, oh, well, therapy means you're weak because that's how mm-hmm. they grew up. Therapy, talking about it. Um, I'm I mean, Southern. Um, so I am in the same boat. <laughs> they would always yeah. say physical therapy with no mental therapy. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And instead of it being like, wow, good job. You're working on yourself. It's a, uh, you've got a weakness, which is such a backwards, awful way of thinking about it. So the they're still good like, people too. It's not that they're bad people teaching these yeah. lessons. They're trying to do you right because the best knowledge they have. So it's just undoing, unfortunately, bad learning and, and it's never a bad intention. Yeah. But same thing, like you were saying about a service, it's like, well, we take our cars in to get serviced. Um, and we make sure that your car is enough oil or it's charged or, you know, we do maintenance on things. Um, and the fact that we don't consider doing maintenance on ourselves as important, um, or actually more important is sad. It's sad, but I think you're right. I think everybody, I think we're getting there. We're, we're talking more about it. There's more information out there. There are more studies being done. And I think the millennial into Gen Z um, generation has really uh, kind of paved the way for that. Social media has paved the way for that. You know, there are so many bad things that come with social media, but there are a lot of good things. And Mm -hmm. just like the fact that there's a community for people that all feel the same is massive. Um, You know, whether that's just family life, you know, friendships, relationships, all of it. Um, you have a community to go to that's one degree of separation that you can have a direct conversation with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I do think that like it's a double-edged sword, you know, being able to say anything into the abyss, both good and bad, is it's an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if it's used for good, it it's life-changing. Um, and so many people yeah. have us in that way. and I And I love that. Yeah, I agree. I think social media, I would say overall, um, I think with good conditioning, good learning, good habits at home, and then opening up social media to have access to topics that um, the pay wage, you know, the pay difference, the pay wage, the wage difference. Mm -hmm. There are um, conversations where if a group of women didn't know that this was happening to these other women, they wouldn't have spoken up themselves. And right. so, you know, when you get, when you get the group together, the French revolution happens once people can communicate and, and see each other's uh, grievances and realize their grievances are very similar. That's what creates, you know, the, the mob. That's what creates the, 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 you know, the revolution, the change. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I truly believe that, Overall, people are good. I agree. Yeah, and, I, I have that sentiment as well. 
I, and at least I hope so. <laughs> I hope they are. Um, I, think, I think the minority sometimes have a bigger microphone of, of uh, the people who have ill intentions sometimes have a bigger microphone, but Absolutely. overall I would agree that most people have good intentions out there. Yeah. 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 And I mean, basic needs, humans in general, generally want the same thing. You know. So the, the the takeaway is, I feel like you should have like a whiteboard at your house that you have to like whip out when someone sits down on your couch and you're like, we're going to work through this from all angles. So I I love that you and your husband, I'm assuming both of you, uh, yeah. you know, are, are just this this therapy session that they can they can run to and and uh, be a sounding board on. That we are not always right. We are not perfect. Our relationship isn't perfect. But I, what I will say, like, is that we have made it a priority to always work on things and communication. And that's out of like, you know, ups and downs and, and hopefully, you know, our future, that is, to me, it's the only way. It's mm -hmm. the only way that anything ever gets better or, or um, really works is if you talk about it. And the reason it works for us is because we have relationships or family life that has not worked. And so it comes off of taking the good from the bad and and filling the, the spaces with um, what we think will work and and communication and speaking up and and like loving on each other and finding our love languages. Those those are the ways forward. You're never going to be right all the time. You're never I'm never going to be the perfect parent. He's never going to be the perfect parent. Um, but we obviously are going to do our best we do do our best um and it's it's i think it's like a constant reevaluation of yourself and of your life and what you want mm. well i i will speak for your friends that i have a i know you live in nashville now and, and my best friend also lives in nashville i adore her husband and yeah. they they are they are the couch for all of our friends so uh there's something go there's something in the nashville water that are uh the married <laughs> couples sounding boards that we can we can run to as single chicks and single single men so um <laughs> i know i i'm sure your friends are really incredibly grateful so so lightning round do your best which is a i'm terrible at one word answers so i say this with all the grace in the world that i cannot achieve this but one word answers or one sentence answers um, okay. is the game. When was uh, your first breakup? 12. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Oh, okay. What is your model relationship? Like a parent, grandparent, friends. It can be a public figure, anybody. Sure. I'm going to say us because I am really proud of us. Yeah. And you've worked really hard. Right. Yeah. What is your go-to breakup movie? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I love that one. Okay. Uh, what is your breakup song? It's like, I never knew. I never knew that everything was falling through. That song, you know what I'm talking that about? That song. Mm -hmm. I do. Yep. The fray. Yep, yep, yep. I do know that song. What <laughs> is your breakup food? Uh, cookie dough, a thousand percent. Uh, and then first thing to do after a breakup? Cry. Let yourself cry. Crying is healthy. Mm -hmm. What is your number one red flag in a relationship or a potential relationship? Talking themselves up. What is your... This is an interesting one. What is your beige flag, AKA, what is a fun quirk of yours that your partner loves? <laughs> um, I guess he loves and hates this. Um, I'm so competitive. Oh, fun. Like game night competitive and just in general competitive? Everything competitive. Everything. Everything. Okay. Competitive. okay, so if you're in a long-term relationship, which clearly you are, 
What was the moment you knew he was the one? Oh, um, I knew, I, I knew it from, from like our first kiss as cheesy as that is. It was like, this is, there was no question in my mind, like something catastrophic had to happen mm -hmm. for us, for him to not be the one. And did you ever have any ESP growing up that you're, was there anything in looking back retrospectively of, oh, I always knew it. Or was it when you started dating? Was it that first kiss? No, I think it, I think it really was that first kiss because okay. it was always like, he was like, he took care of all of his friends mm -hmm. and, and especially as girls, like made sure that we were all safe, like, like would tell us honestly what he thought about the guys that we were dating. Um, <laughs> But I was, he was that. And I just, I never looked at him that way, but it's like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any words of wisdom for uncoupling listeners out there? Hmm. Um, listen to your, your first instincts, hmm. because I feel like we all, for the most part, do see red flags and we choose to ignore them. So listen to your gut. Thank you so much for listening to Uncoupling. And thank you, Sasha, for incredible words of wisdom. There's a lot of, of one-liners in there that I'm taking away today. I'm your host, Holland Roden. And don't forget to subscribe to Uncoupling. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Uncoupling Podcast is produced by Stampede Ventures, Jason R. Ellis, and Holland Roden.